You just have to have the gumption or the drive or the passion or the confidence to just go for it. Today on Doing Good, the podcast, we're celebrating the good things in life. Delicious food, exquisite locally sourced ingredients that are good for you, dancing the night away with friends, all the while a stunning view of the mountains spread out before you. Ah, Sounds like a dream, right? Well, it was a dream for today's guest until he dropped everything, bought a farm, and set out to make that dream happen. The Doing Good Gang's taking a trip to Serenity Knoll Farm in beautiful Northeast Tennessee to find out more about the good things happening just off the beaten path. We'll hear how one man turned his dream into reality and found a way to share his vision for good living with an ever-growing community of fans. We think you may be inspired to follow your dreams and find some serenity along the way. My name is Susanna. And I'm Elijah. Welcome to Doing Good, the podcast where we and our parents talk about the good that's happening in our community and the people that are making those good things happen. So we actually just kind of sit here until we're told to talk, but we're actually the funny ones, so stick around and listen. Hey everybody, welcome to Doing Good, the podcast. Uh, We're all here today. Our second March podcast. I yes, think this is our middle of March. This is our Ides of March podcast. Wait a minute, I thought the la- well, oh, okay. we talked yeah, about that okay. the last no. one, but this is definitely the Ides of March podcast. What does beware, that mean? What does beware that mean? the Ides like, of March. Beware you, this podcast. Like, what does that mean? Beware of this podcast. No, this is a great podcast. We're going to be talking with um, David Wiley from Serenity Knoll Farm. It's going to be um, it's going to be super super fun and exciting conversation. So um, yeah, so we don't need to beware of the podcast, but perhaps we have to beware. We have to beware of you getting a hold of the strap of Velcro that's down now at the far end of the table. Now I think people need to hear it. So we were preparing for our segment today, and Dr. Becky was uh, that kid at the table who was fidgeting and making this noise with Velcro. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it's an it's an ASMR moment. <laughs> what is AS, ASMR? Uh, just making that. random sounds in a microphone. It's yeah. it's supposed to re- relax people. I don't. I, I, there's a lot of purposes. Yeah. Name one sound, Susanna, that ASMR relaxes you. <laughs> just a little just like that for 30 just, minutes yeah just constantly i i think of asmr and i think about the videos of them cutting of somebody cutting through kinetic sand yeah and i'm just like i actually love those and there's that sound of the metal like grating oh, on God, the sand I'm and i'm like all all bound up but it here. really isn't I I, it doesn't make it's not like nails on a chalkboard it's okay. nice it is yep yeah I, like, it's, it's cool the sound of people or it's or it's people talking like this. Really? So it's it's any sound. It's any sound. It can be anything. Could it be Velcro people while are we're like, doing? Unclench your jaw. Oh really? Okay. <laughs> it's so got a weird. feature in that. Because I did. Though. I just unclenched my jaw. That worked. Yeah, I have that power over people. <laughs> Well, anyway, so we're Elijah's. Uh, uh, <laughs> d- name your favorite ASMR sound. Are we advocating? Uh, f- <laughs> is there such a thing? I mean, do you like have one you listen to, Elijah? Susanna do I have to? a particular ASMR I listen to? Yeah, I don't know how this even works. So I'm, I'm asking. Uh, you do yeah. like sand cutting videos? That's not so much ASMR. I mean, ASMR is sound. That's more of just like the oddly satisfying videos it's satisfying. that you see. On there YouTube. are like knife sounds though. It's not all satisfying though. It could be like oh, Lord. Yeah, if they like I miss a grain. I'm not warp. any kind of a devotee of um ASMR. It, it could be anything. It's like people just like crunching straws and stuff, like turtle oh. ASMR. It's, you know what that makes me think of though that I am a fan of? Um Stomp. Do you, do you remember Stomp? Yes. It was this what phenomenon from the late nineties and it's um oh, yeah, it was a it, it was a it was a stage performance where people would just use like crumpled up newspaper and they would create sort of a it's mm, like a percussion. Yeah, it's like performance art, what it but mm-hmm. it was just like it, it hyped up and they came through. I mean they're not they they were on Broadway. I mean, they're not the big draw that they were before, uh, but uh, they came through Nice Longer two years ago. Something they, like that. Yeah, Greenville at Nice Longer Performing Arts. Mm-hmm. And 
I was like, we gotta go. No, and it blows you away. It's so good. And Susanna was like everything that I suggest because I'm her mother, mm-hmm. even though it's like awesome. Mm-hmm. She was like, this is dumb. I don't know why we're doing this. That's an actual recreation of Susanna's voice. Yeah, that was actually recording from that moment. We brought that from And then we go, and then it's just like, it has this ability to just suck you in and just like, yeah, I I love Stomp, by the way. Somebody bring Stomp back. I still don't know what it is. But Susanna... But Susanna was like, this is so cool. And I was just like, I'm telling you, my hardest job as a mom yeah. is to not constantly go around saying I told you so. I t- <laughs> that is literally my hardest job yeah, as a mom. She's really bad at not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, my whole life is just a continual, uh, I told you so, I told you so. Well, you When was the last time that happened? Oh, don't even the, the look on her face is like. Do you really want me to bring that up? Oh, like, oh, Susanna. Well, you you are constantly that person, though. You are that person. I think in 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 the group, and we all know these. If you're listening to this today, you probably can think of that person who is saying, "Hey, guys, let's go fill in the blank," mm-hmm. and they're like, and you're the one who's selling it. Mm-hmm. You're like, you know, we honestly need to get you some fidget toys. I, I can't. I know. I'm the worst. You know. So when you're in medical school, you spend a lot of time in a small group she of people. She was literally macrameing the microphone cord, listening to like people talking and stuff. And yeah. so you'd be standing. So we'd be standing at a patient's bedside, and just fidgeting with the wires. Standing there, no tape, like surgical tape. I can play with surgical tape. I was constantly on rounds. I was the one who had to fidget with surgical tape. I probably do need fidget toys. You're a crafter. That's why, right? You're at home. You're constantly doing something with your hands. Got to do something with my hands. But yeah, it's, I think it's why surgeon. I bite my nails. I'm expecting her to. I could be a surgeon. Start- I do all kinds of surgery. Uh oh. <laughs> do we want to talk about that? Uh, my favorite really. procedure. It's not my favorite procedure, but it's just the one that I have to do all the time. Which is what? No. <laughs> Moving on. And you actually live in the house with a surgeon. Also yes, I do. Your heroic, live in the house. incredible. Wonderful husband, Doctor uh, Justin, uh, the Prince the of Darkness. Yeah, who's uh, who's we got to have him? Listen, why hasn't he been a guest on our podcast called Doing Good? Because he's this man, too good. This man is just constantly doing. Yeah, good. he would just be. He would, honestly, he would talk about me the whole time. He would. <laughs> <laughs> no, he wouldn't. <laughs> He probably, he probably would. would. He does because he would not want to talk about. She can himself. say that because he's never going to come on. So, but you're constantly that person who says, "Hey guys, let's go do this." You're the one who's selling the fun, yeah, and the leading the fun, and that has been such a blessing to me over oh gosh, forever, decades. So, uh, We're for, going on decades now for for those in. But that's a hard role to face because you're the one saying, "Hey Susanna, let's go to Stomp," and she is saying. No. Recreate. And I'm and Wait. honestly with Susanna, I just got to the point of like, well, we're gonna do it and you don't have to go if you don't want to. Did she ever drag you to see the blue men? No, blue, I've never blue seen Blue Man group. But these those guys freak me out. I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. I'm just like, why? Okay, um all uh, legal disclaimers inserted now for the blue men. <laughs> Sorry about that guys, because <laughs> I'm sure their attorneys are listening. Anyway, uh <laughs> Oh, yeah. Sorry, Blue Man Group. Everybody go see the Blue Man Group. They don't need my endorsement. They're doing fine. No, they are. And I wonder, like, in my brain, they've been around for 30 years. I'm like, in my brain, how many blue men have there been? (laughs) I know. Or are there, like, little old wrinkled up men underneath all that blue makeup? You guys know who we're talking about? Yeah, nope. So, yeah. Susanna's like, I don't know who that is. And, like, is. how does one audition to be a blue man? you got to be Blue. Like, you think they were born blue? Yeah. That's huh. kind of pre was <laughs> They have to be bald. Blue I don't bald. think they have to be bald. I think they can put um, the cap on. Oh, my gosh. Speaking of bald, I got to know. Wait a minute. Really? I'm not talking about you. Okay. I got to know. Competitive swim season's coming up. Yeah, Regionals. I'm, sh- I'm shaving You got a shot. <laughs> you got a shot at state. You really do. You know? That doesn't mean I have to shave my hair off. Well, that's the thing. I'm, I'm wondering, are you going to shave the hair off? No. I'll pay you 50 bucks. So you're going to keep the hair. What if Kel- if Coach Kelly comes to you and says, Elijah... You could win, but uh, but it's your hair. Your hair standing in your way. You have a swim cap, or those or those really attractive, like masculine eyebrows of yours. 
What, now, for those who are Creating listening, all that drag. Susanna and Elijah, our high school <laughs> students, are both swimmers, competitive swimmers, and there's discussion. If, there. In case you've never heard before. Yeah, well, I mean, we have new new, new listeners every week, uh, so so yeah. that's that's the. Are you, yeah. Are you, would you do. not do it? Um, no, because there are some people uh, who shave all their hair off, and they don't have to wear a swim cap, mm. which is the entire point. Uh, you don't have to wear a swim cap. Problem is, then your goggles don't stick to your head as good as they do to a swim cap. So even they usually wear a swim cap, and it's Correct. just kind of useless. Oh. It doesn't do anything. So you're not going to shave the hair off? Chicken. No. But no. if you shave the there hair was... off, you could also audition for Blue Man Group. <laughs> That's true. But um, there's... And, and freak Dr. Becky out. <laughs> our, coach, uh, our coach was going to have it so that both the guys and the girls would, uh, would not shave until regionals. And this would have been about like a month ago that she proposed this. And regionals is in about another month. So, April 10th. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, a month or so. So... Uh, that would have been, been pretty bad. So she's working on it. So oh, she's no, working no. It on it. It wouldn't really work at this point. Too. But yeah, like grow a beard and stuff like that and then shave it, shave all, it all off. Grow a bunch of chest hair and then shave it off. <laughs> when I hear him, them say regionals, what, what does that make you think of? I feel wow. a pit in my stomach. <laughs> I just, at this point, I, I think of that long lost TV show, Glee. Oh, <laughs> Guys, it's yeah. almost time for regionals. Regionals, sectionals. <laughs> I love Glee. Let's not go there. I, I don't want to wax full for, for Glee. <laughs> hey, Susanna, we haven't heard from you. What's it time for? <gasps> it's time for doing good. Caught doing good. No, 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 no. no. It's caught good. doing good. Okay, can we try it again? We're on. No. Come on, one more time. Ready? <laughs> Three, two, one. It's time for Caught Doing Good. Yeah, it's yeah, beautiful. I, I teared up a little. Oh, that was yeah. so good. This is our uh, segment. We, we, we tell, tell our listeners what we witnessed. We're encouraging everybody to be on the lookout. Bolo, caught pe- people who are caught doing good. Because you know what? Everybody's seeing who's doing bad and like talking about mm-hmm. it. It's and, easier you know, to talk about who's doing bad. People on the news. Yeah. And so let's talk about caught doing good. Who goes right. first? Susanna, no. you interrupted us. So, so who no. do you? No, no, no. Who do you want to go first? Um, ladies first. Elijah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Never gets old. It's, it's really. It's always funny. Um, <laughs> Um, you would, I'm going to make you my caught doing good because you put up with a tremendous crap load of stuff from this one. Uh, on for the what, like daily. 17 years Yeah, now. on the daily. He was me. <laughs> Why Joe That's loves me. her. Okay, go ahead. That's, yeah, okay. Right. Uh, this is a, it's a quick one, but uh, my uh, youngest only sister, uh, she consistently does uh, pretty good drawings. Oh. Uh, about random stuff, they're sometimes insulting, but um, at the same time, they're appreciated, and that's my caught doing good. Yeah, lately her motif is she draws women, uh-huh. pictures of women roller skating, dancing, running, uh-huh. jumping, and the waist up portion of them is in- increasingly, uh, 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 what do you call it, anatomically correct. Oh, okay. So like, she's exploring like some. Like they're uh, busty, fr- busty. Puberty themes. Yeah. Yes. And I'm like, she's noticing that not all people are sticks now, right, you know? And right. so I'm like, why does she have a, because she's a woman dad mm. and that's okay. Yeah. You know, I'm like, okay. It's a nightmare. <laughs> but that um, was my doing. Yeah. That was doing good. Um, so. Okay. Uh, uh, here's mine real quick. Okay. Um, uh, I want to say caught doing good is our executive producer, yeah. Leighton Hart. Dude, shoot, you took mine. Was that yours? It was going to be mine. But it's okay, I got another one. Okay, here's why Okay, here's why I say he's <laughs> caught doing good. I'm just seeing the top of his head above his Apple monitor. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Gives himself a sound effect. <laughs> because before today's recording, we threw two last-minute yeah, changes, changes in him it. in terms of how our guests would be joining us today. And in both cases, at after hours, he was like, no problem. Yeah. No problem. We're on it. No problem. And in a world where people love to clap back at you if you don't bring it to them exactly as it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to, it was just it was just amazing. It was graciousness epitomized. So, yes, you know, I agree. I think he's caught. And that's here at Market Street well, Media where we record our podcast. And then the other thing is... 
caught doing good. Well, he came up with that great sound oh, effect. Oh, yes. Last, there yeah. we go. Completely. When you're recording yeah. in Don't wear January. it out. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. So uh, my caught doing good is um, the newest member of the Elizabethan High School swim team. Um, her name is Allie. And we talked about RJ a few podcasts ago and how he constantly brings it and um, never quits trying. Well, Allie is um, his older sister. And um, and she's a sophomore. Is that right, Susanna? Yes. Okay. And Allie, um, I think, just showed incredible bravery by being willing to get in the water when she hadn't swum on a swim team before. And, um, and you know, learning those skills while you guys are over here, like, working your tails off to make state qualifying time. And Allie's just trying to figure out how to do the breaststroke down the pool correctly. Courage. Yeah, absolute courage. Just absolute bravery for her getting in that water. And I'm giving her a shout out. Allie. You were caught doing good. You were caught doing Allie's good. Allie's one of my best friends. I love her so much. And She's so sweet and funny and mm-hmm. cute. What was she caught doing, Becky? Showing bravery and courage. And she was honest. caught doing good. Oh, caught doing uh, good. Don't, no. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and for those, uh. and for everybody that doesn't know, she's also RJ's sister. Yeah. Uh, Previous recipient. Yeah, so, so maybe the caught doing uh, good should be her parents or yeah. whoever was able to instill in them that that hard work and that, um, and that you know, that brave courage. Okay. Yeah. So, next. Um. Mine is my band director, who is oh. retiring this year, Mr. Oh. Elliot. He, I really just think he's been such a significant part of my high school experience because band is just like my safe place in school. But I just think that he is some. He's really mean sometimes, but also he's just such a good genuine person. He's really person mean sometimes. <laughs> is he swag? He's pretty swag. Is he swag? He's okay. Yeah. He's moving to Florida. Yeah. That swag? Sounds about right. No. He's retiring after many, 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 many years yeah. of being the band director. He's been an institution, and it's going to be some pretty hard shoes to fill. Yeah. So. I agree, but um, it's pretty cool that he's going out with my class. I really yeah. Yeah. I think that's awesome. But He's going out with the whole class? He's piecing out with them at the same time. The class of 2021. <laughs> I don't know. I just seniors. thought you said going out with, and I was like, he's dating? What? Yeah, because when you say going out with somebody of my generation, yeah. who I am not a boomer. No. I'm Gen X. Thank old. you. Hey, um, guys, we're about to go out, out to, we're going to take, I think as our guest comes in today, uh-huh. we should all prepare for a mental trip. Um, we're going to be taking a trip out to the Serenity Hill Farms. Becky, who's coming in now? David Wiley um, is coming in, and he's the owner and um, passionate. What do we call that? We Entrepreneur. Call that, yeah. Oh, dreamer. yeah. An, uh, it, yeah. I love the dreamer because he did. He had a dream, and he made it happen. Without further ado, Mr. David Wiley. David Wiley with Serenity Knoll Farm joins us today. David, thank you for being here. It's my pleasure, Josh. I, I, we had a chance to find out where you are, uh, and we can actually, for our listeners, we can actually see you through this uh, through this call. And it, it, it in itself is a great starting place. You are coming to us live from the bunker at Serenity No Farm. Where are you right now? <laughs> I'm in the basement of our kitchen building. And um, the, the nice thing about designing this structure was the addition of the 800-square-foot basement, because we have found that we needed room to store equipment and supplies. And also the basement area is an area that's halfway given to uh, an area that we process our our vegetables, herbs, and flowers that come off the farm. So I am sitting in a a thrift store restaurant booth arrangement down in the basement, (laughs) which is right today is our, (laughs) our our think tank here. I awesome. Love it. Behind awesome. you, we see plants. I mean, so you are in, you are amongst hydroponic growing vegetables. Is that right? It's aeroponic. Aeroponic. Sorry. Yeah. Well, here, here's the backstory on that. Uh, we have been growing uh, microgreens in the basement for a couple of years now, and with the pandemic uh, changing everybody's work lives and lives in general, uh, I have I have been able to spend more time on the farm uh, since March of last year, uh, actually hands-on, I say, digging in the dirt, doing all things necessary and incidental to to grow food, which is my passion. And so um, 
when you get to the end of the traditional growing season, which is usually around the end of October in terms of things that grow in, in the ground, unless you use um, low tunnels or high tunnels, the days get short, the days are dark, it's cold. So November, December, January, February have always been a challenge for all of us in terms of our um, our energy levels, our, our attitudes and everything. So I was looking for something to keep us going continuously in terms of growing things year round. And a couple of years back, a lady came up here to do a class on kombucha and she left me a brochure on the tower garden, which I didn't pay any attention to until probably three, three or four months ago. And I said, maybe this is it. Let's take a close look at the aeroponic gardening concept. And so many people who are now seeing our Facebook and Instagram posts uh, are saying, well, you know, when I went to Epcot years ago, they had this little place where you could take a ride through <laughs> this in this this indoor uh, building that that showed how you could grow things indoors. And so I said, yes, that right, is uh, right. that is the gentleman who's who was the who is the chief horticulturist at the Epcot Center, and he developed the aeroponic system and named it the Tower Garden. And so what the Tower, the Tower Garden, Garden is is a, essentially a a basin of water that has their patented mineral blend in it and it has a an essentially an aquarium pump uh in the in the basin and it pumps this solution up to the top of the tower and that it then cascades down upon bare root plants that are in implanted in the side of the column and so uh i had starting started doing research about it and actually bought one of the towers to play with. It's the home version model that has an LED light kit attached to it that you could you can put anywhere in your home. And then I, I was thinking about it on a larger scale and said, you know, what what do large large scale tower gardens gardeners do? And they said, well they they buy into what is called the tower farm. And that is the commercial version of this, whereas the the column is essentially nine feet tall will hold uh, 40 plants. I said, well, where can I go see this? And I said, well, there's a farmer over in Elkin, North Carolina, who has 70 of these towers in his state-of-the-art greenhouse. And I said, okay, wow. I'm going. So I went over to visit him, and I was amazed <laughs> at the uh, scope and dimension of his farming operation in this greenhouse. And the quality of the product was just amazing. And I said, okay, I'm down for this. Yeah. We're going to get we're going to get 10 of these and we're going to put them in the greenhouse and we're going to grow food year round. And so we're about 2 months yeah. into that process now and and uh we're not going to stop growing food in the ground because uh the ground to me is is a sacred place and it holds lots of mysteries and lots of joys and pleasures for those who love to garden and and I'm one of those who loves to have dirt under my fingernails and, and dirty knees and dirty shoes. <laughs> and so I want to be connected mm -hmm. to the earth in that manner. <laughs> but we are going to use the tower garden and we're going right. to feature it. And we're, we're going to be able to sell the uh, home version tower garden to anyone who comes to see what we're doing here. So um, growing food is our passion. Food education is also something that we're vitally interested in. Um, Serenity Knoll started a cooking school in April of 2018, and uh, with the help of the very, very talented Margie Kendall, who I just adore, and she would still be here if she hadn't started a family in 2019. But um, we 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 did we did <laughs> cooking. We need to get to the backstory. Yeah. Like. We so yeah. anyway, um, awesome. David, OK, we're going to can we, I'm going to interrupt just a second. We need to step back for our listeners in South Africa <laughs> and we need to tell them what Serenity Knoll is, David. That is a very good question, uh, Becky. <laughs> uh, I uh, grew up in Memphis, Tennessee, lived there for many years and 
if you would have told me I would be living on a 10-acre farm in East Tennessee in January of 2000, <laughs> I would have sent you for a psychiatric consult because that just was not even possible. And so the one of the mysteries of life is how did I get here and wh- what responsibility have I taken on to do something good, doing good in the community? And good. so, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, my my philosophy in your your theme of doing good is a perfect match because I was, I did everything in my power to do community building when I lived in Memphis uh, with neighborhood Mm -hmm. watch and the JCs and the redevelopment of the downtown Uh area. And so when I got to East Tennessee in January, 2000, I was looking for a vehicle to build community. So here I had this little 10 acre piece of paradise out in the country and uh, I, I fell into the world of uh, folk dance uh, called Contra Dance in 2006. Uh, started the local Contra Dance and we built community there around traditional music and dance and it has thrived for 15 years up until pandemic set in. And so in 2012, I built a dance a dance pavilion here at the farm on top of the hill behind my house. And we started having dances here. And that became another gathering place to build community. And so mm-hmm. the whole idea of the, uh, the kitchen and the food education program just fell into place so perfectly because this this was a essentially my garden on steroids. <laughs> There's this this <laughs> property sits on top of a hill. Uh, it's got a lot of very challenging places in terms of soil integrity to grow things. But we were we've been able to to take what we have and continue to improve the soil quality and grow food. And so the Serenity Knoll became essentially a showcase for people who like to connect on the dance floor and move to music and celebrate traditional music and dance and also learn about food. And so our mission statement became come here and we'll get together on the dance floor and we'll listen to music and dance. But we also want to teach you about food quality and food safety and food education, take you out in the gardens and show you what it's like to grow things, our techniques, how we do it, why we do it, and then serve it up to you in terms of the the distribution part of it through the market and also in our kitchen to teach you how to cook. And so this whole thing evolved over time uh, and now has become uh, a thriving business. So that, that kind of gives you an idea, a snapshot so it, of, go ahead. What Serenity Knoll is? Yeah. So, yes. so correct me if I'm wrong. So you, so Contra Dancing was your passion in 2010. And, um, and we got to know a little bit more about you outside of work um, there at the Contra Dances when we would come with our families. Um, and it's, um, and it is a rollicking good time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I can't wait uh, for you for when we can get back together again and dance and carry on. Um, because I do think that the pavilion that you built there is amazing. And I can't imagine a more amazing place to Contra Dance um, than um, at the pavilion at Serenity Knoll. But I um, I kind of always thought that the kitchens came out of the fact that you were having these very large, well-attended contra gatherings there, and you had to feed people. And so, um, and I mean, not just like, you know, go on a Saturday night and contra dance for a few hours. You were having a whole weekend um, contra dancing events, correct? Absolutely. Um Contra dances are made up essentially of weekly, bi-weekly, monthly dances all over the country and all over the world. I, I have danced in 25 states in the United States of America and three foreign countries. And it was all contra dance. It was all the same dance. It's, it's a universal phenomenon that, that, uh, that goes on 
all over this country. And then most of the local dance communities will try to produce a dance weekend every year where they bring in um, named talent, both bands and callers, and invite people from all over the country to come and gather. And so we started doing that in, we did our first weekend, I think in 2009, um, after we were able to um, give a gift to the town of Jonesboro of a, of a, a new floor in the auditorium in the visitor center. And that gave us a world-class uh, dance uh, um, venue in Jonesboro. And so we started advertising to contra dancers all over the country. And we started getting people from California and New York and Florida. And I went, wow, man, this is really, this is really cool. You know, if, if you, it's the old saying, if you build it, they will come. And so we built the, the contra dance weekend model, uh, in Jonesboro. And then once the pavilion at Serenity Knoll was built, we started staging those events out here where we would have 150 people dancing on the dance floor at one time. It was just magical to see that many people having fun and having something to do with it. You know, it was like, wow, look what we've done here. I mean, this is true, truly building community where uh, our country dancers the core values were this event is open to all comers. You know, we, we, we accept and embrace everyone who comes here. And so it was thrilling and exciting and motivating and inspiring to see that happen, which, you know, caused me to want to do more and more of it. So for the last 15 years of my life, I have dedicated it to building community around traditional music and dance. And I remember when you and Justin and the girls came to our family dances, that was just the most beautiful Mm -hmm. sight to see these little kids on the dance floor with their parents acting a fool. It was so, so amazing. (laughs) I'll never forget that. Yeah. And so, and so now. Those were were good times. So now to get up on stage and see all those people out there having fun and, it's it's so exciting to see that. And so the the kitchen itself, actually, the whole idea behind this kitchen had nothing to do with dance. I had met a, uh, okay. a vent. I had met a vendor um, at the Jonesboro Farmers Market who was a, an elderly woman who was a professional chocolatier. And her product was so good, and she was so interesting and fascinating and passionate about her her chocolate. I said, why don't we partner up, and I'll build a kitchen for you, and we'll teach the world how to make chocolate, and we'll develop a YouTube channel, and we'll teach people worldwide. And, and so that was the original inspiration for the building of the kitchen, and then she lost her eyesight. She had macular degeneration and and she was unable to carry on with the dream that we had put together. And so I had this 800 square foot kitchen and I said, well, well, what do I do now? And so the word got out that we had this professional kitchen here. And one of my friends um, brought Margie Kendall to me and her dream had been to start a cooking school. And so in the fall of 2017, Margie and I had a very brief meeting, toured the facility, and we both looked at each other and said, do you want to do this? And she said, yes, I want to do this. I said, so we essentially high-fived and started the Serenity Knoll Cooking School. And it was just the most amazing thing. She did all of the marketing and, and the website and all the social media and, and built the model and so at, at the same time, during that whole development phase, we put in a beautiful Italian wood-fired pizza oven, and I started teaching pizza classes. And so Margie and I teamed up for almost two full years uh, doing cooking classes. And up to the point of the pandemic, we were doing classes seven days a week and sometimes two in one day. Um, and we just we started building a huge customer base. I think we ended up at the end of 2020 with about six or 7,000 followers on Facebook and a couple thousand on Instagram. So we felt like the need for food education 
was clearly present in our community. Uh, and we started bringing in some guest chefs, which added a little color to what Margie and I had started to bring someone in who was uh, talented and charming and fun in the kitchen. And that just continued to enhance our brand. And so, you know, as as many businesses have been impacted by the pandemic, especially in the food and beverage uh, and hospitality industry, so so was ours. And I noticed in the fall of 2020, we started um, getting a lot of cancellations because of COVID or we would have a very small class registration, which you know, just was not sustainable. So the the sad part about the whole process was that we, we ended up closing um, the cooking school temporarily. We hope to come back and uh, and do <laughs> do more and better because we want people like you, Becky, to come in and, and make your gingerbread houses every year. <laughs> Oh, that was a huge hit, David. Uh, Becky brought my uh, wife and daughter and uh, they came away and my wife said, Josh, she says, it's surreal. I'm in rural East Tennessee and I'm sitting here learning how to make a gingerbread house. And it's not like stick that graham cracker onto that thing. I mean, it's like top notch education. And David, I mean, I, I, I think, you know, part of so I'm, I'm so so for if you're just you know if you're following along here we are we have a a, a man multi very su- successful in his career who goes out buys ten acres of property on the other end of the state where he lives following a dream builds this dance pavilion to bring people together builds this massive kitchen to bring people together and to teach you're like your whole story is living the dream. And so for our listeners who are tuning in today and they're like wanting to take that dream for doing good and step it forward, I'd love to start to shift into some lessons learned from you. What what was it along the way or what is it that's keeping you going? Because I'm thinking of about six times along the path that you just talk, told us about where I would have been like, uh, no, that is not going to work <laughs> or no one's going to come. I, if I build it, they won't come, you know. So what 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 are some lessons learned? that got you to the point where you are right now? Well, I've always been an advocate for, for dreaming big, okay? And I, I have been very fortunate and very blessed that my dream has come true and it continues to evolve. Um, it, if it's an inspiration to anyone out there who has ideas, notions, wants to start a business, wants to pursue their dream, you've just got to put energy and focus onto it. I mean, it's, there are going to be times when, (laughs) when you um, wish you had done something else because that's just the way life is, but you just have to learn from experience. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to have trials and tribulations. You're going to have personnel problems. All of those are just a function of, of business and, and dreaming. And I see a lot of entrepreneurs out there who are doing so well, whether they are crafters who have found a home at Etsy or they're bakers or they're furniture makers or they're artisans, potters, watercolors, all those people are following their dream and their passion. And the the hesitancy that I see out there is the fear of failure. And if that's going to be your biggest obstacle, you're probably not ever going to to be successful. You just have to have the gumption or the drive or the passion or the confidence to just go for it. Uh, and uh, the Sometimes there are things that are going on here that I have no explanation for. You know, it's just, wow, here it is. Man, look at this. Who who would have thunk, you know, six years ago that we would be where we are now? And so I, I don't know the answers, Josh, uh, other than, you know, I think that you really have the opportunity to dream big. You've got to put energy behind it. A lot of things are not going to happen unless you make the effort. If you don't take a swing at it, you'll you'll never you'll never hit a home run. So, I encourage everybody to follow their dreams and their passions and and uh you know, there's certainly so much knowledge out there uh especially with the internet, uh whether it's 
information that you'll get on YouTube or TikTok or any of the social media sites, inspiration. I, I remember um, when before the cooking school started, I was traveling in California to dance and I had been following this very talented chef on Instagram who has a catering business and a cooking school in the Bay Area. And and I and I just took a chance and said, look, I'm going to be in the city all next week. Would you be willing to sit down and chat with me? Uh, and surprisingly enough, she said yes. And I went, wow, it's like sitting down with Le- LeBron James to talk about basketball. I mean, here's a, here was a superstar <laughs> chef. Who, who was willing to sit down with David Wiley from East Tennessee and, and talk about food. And I'd say, look, the knowledge base is out there. So many people who are accomplished in their field are, are willing to share that knowledge base and the inspiration and the guidance. There, there's another person that um, I had a chance to meet in San Antonio when I was there for one of my company meetings. And those of you who follow the Food Network uh, might be able to remember uh, Nacho Aguirre, who he and his wife, Su- Susanna Mejares, own a, a chocolate shop in San Antonio. And I actually, I actually went, went by his place of business and, and uh, I was just drooling over his chocolate truffles in the, in the storefront there. And the clerk, um, started talking to me and I told her what I was, was doing in Tennessee and, and about my cooking school. She goes, Oh, well, he's going to want to meet you. And I went, well, I'm just nobody, you know, <laughs> it's like, I said, I said, don't bother him. I can see him back there squeezing chocolate out of a, <laughs> of a tube. And she says, Oh no, no, he will want to meet you. And I said, okay. So he had just won the 2018 food channel, Food Network Bake Off. And so when you walked into his store, there's life-size caricatures of him holding the award. And and so he comes he comes out of the kitchen and he was just so nice and so friendly and so hospitable and just couldn't wait to hear what I my story. And so we became friends. And um you you may or may not know this, uh, Becky, but uh, the lady that taught your gingerbread uh course back in December, Angela, mm-hmm. Angela Bose, yeah. uh, who lives in gray. She, yeah. she won that same competition that Nacho Aguirre won, uh, this, this, uh, this year or this past year. Um, and so, uh, I remember when, when, uh, Angela was here, uh, teaching a class and her, the broadcast of her competition show was coming up in a couple of weeks. And I said, well, how'd you do? She goes, can't tell you, you know, you're just going to have to tune in. I said, well, you know, I said, I said, well, you know, one of the judges is, is Nacho Aguirre. I said, I met him. I said, you know, Nacho, she goes, oh yeah, I know Nacho. (laughs) So anyway, uh, after that, after after that broadcast, uh, I sent him a message and I said, would you and Susanna be willing to come here for a weekend and, and teach? And she, he said, oh, absolutely. We would love to come. And so, there's there's an opportunity out there for all of you who have a dream to network with your peers and to share best practices and to learn from each other. You know, those of us who are in the business are more than happy to do that. And it's just like when people come here for cooking classes or for functions and we take them out on a, a little garden tour and we show them what we do and how we do. You know, we're here to share our knowledge and wisdom about what we do. And most people in the business world will do that. Yeah, that's awesome. I, um, you, you really are a model for, um, just taking a, taking the big chances and swinging big David. And, um, you know, personally having, um, known you through, through work, um, 
And also when I was opening my own business, you were um, very, very instrumental in helping me to um, be able to do that because people don't realize it, but you got to have the paper for the tables and you got to have all the (laughs) medical equipment. And you made that process um, really, really a breeze for me. So, you know, you, you helped inspire me in that way. And then um, we can't forget um, that, well, I've been to several events at Serenity Knoll, but Serenity Knoll hosted my um epic 50th birthday party too which was um <laughs> would so, like put oprah to shame yeah i mean everybody <laughs> needs to realize that that you are so warm and so welcoming and you <laughs> find ways to bring people into your dream which yeah. i think is um it's just it, it's part of the reason uh that serenity knoll is the um oasis Mm. peace and solitude that it is um and um and so yeah we uh it's time for josh and i to sign off and to turn this over to our teens um so and i think they have some interesting questions for you um and uh but thank you for for talking with us and being here and sharing your dream and sharing serenity Knoll with all of us um so you're you're welcome but i I have to say something about your birthday party before we go so (laughs) (laughs) um i i thoroughly enjoyed it um it was it was something like the best birthday party I'd seen in my adult life. It was, it was so fun. And the fact that you, about half of your group were kids and uh, you had a face painter and you had a fantastic DJ, uh, the costumes, (laughs) the tutus, the food, but the funniest thing, the the funniest thing of the whole night was uh, you um, brought in a, a bouncy house, which I have have little or no experience with. And so we built a bonfire out at the fire pit. And I don't know whether I told you this or not, but I'm, I'm sitting out there. It's about 10 o'clock. It's getting late. Been a long day. This little boy comes up to me and he says, hey, man, are you going to get in the bouncy house? And I said, I said, well, I, I don't know. I said, what do, you, what do you do in the bouncy house? He says, well, you jump around a lot and take people out. I said, I said, well, <laughs> I don't, I don't think so. But go David, ahead. I think so, the bouncy house is the, it, if the bouncy house is a meta, metaphor for life, uh, you are in the bouncy house. You are having a ball, and uh, you're not taking anybody out. You're just building people up. Uh, but uh, you're the first one in, and uh, that's what we love about you. We can just we well, don't that, even have that to was like a, move that out. That was a later. wonderful party. Okay. Thank you, David. Yeah. That was a and, wonderful and, party. And I will never forget. Invited. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have another party out yeah. there. Josh's Josh's big um, uh, half centennial birthday is coming up. I'm so. turning 25 in a couple of years, oh, David. Oh, that's right. Quarter so, uh, centennial. Yeah, 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 there we go. So, <laughs> hey, Elijah's here and Susanna's here, and they probably want to talk to you about, I don't know, food? Who knows what they're going to yeah. talk to you about. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. Thank oh, you, David. Stuff. All right. Hey, You're David, welcome. How are you? Hey, Elijah. How are you? I am fantastic. Hi, Mr. David. How are you doing today? Hello, Susanna. Um, I just really wanted, quickly wanted to talk about uh, my experience with Serenity Knowles, which uh, with both, you've been up there more than I have because you did the dances and stuff, right? Oh, yeah. The contra dances were so much fun. I just, I distinctly remember that being a big part of my childhood. I guess it was like weeknights, maybe Saturday nights. Mom would, Saturday, Saturday nights. Saturday nights. Yeah, that's right. Mom said, okay, everyone put a dress on. We're going to the Contra dance. So we would. We'd put a fun little dress on and hightail it to Jonesboro and spend a few hours in that room just running around. How long ago was this? <laughs> oh, like last year. Oh, last year. I was thinking like a long time ago or something. No, it was a long time ago. I was a child. <laughs> oh, this, I'm so freaking confused. Okay. I well, I've been up there. We've been up there in summer and winter. Uh, we did the, we did like a what was the cookie bake off? Oh yeah, did we thing. do it up there? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. we did. We did uh, only once, I think. But just the fact that it, it's beautiful up there, both in summer and winter, and been up there fall as well. It's just, I mean, it's pretty close to where I live, so I would, I would know it. But you get, you know, it's a great view up there. It's a great place. Um, 
but I haven't seen I haven't been able to do like the the cooking stuff. I I did. I did um a macaron class there or macaron. Mom likes to correct me on that. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, but... you see I want to do want to do that. Yep. Learn how to cook something, so I'll have to. Um I just had a, a few personal questions. Uh first, uh have you always had a spirit of entrepreneurship? Well, um Yes, I guess you would say yes. Um, back in two in nineteen eighty four, before way before you were born, I did start a small medical supply business in Memphis, out of my home, and it grew and grew and grew. And um, in nineteen ninety one, I actually sold that business to the company I work for now. And so, I think that. The entrepreneurial thing, it can be more than just starting a business. I, I'm really all about building community. And, and food is something that everyone has to be involved with. Uh, the music and dance part of it is really uh, something that has been challenging, mainly because of, and I'm, when I say this, I'm not, I'm not beating up on popular culture, but um, <laughs> pop Pop culture has essentially moved community dances aside. And so I, rec- I recognized that in when I first started contra dancing and realizing that we need to celebrate and honor our music and dance traditions uh, and, and allow that to be another avenue for, for social interaction. There's nothing better, Susanna, as you know, is horsing around on the dance floor <laughs> and uh I was a non-dancer until I contradanced the first time in 2005 and and I always loved to watch people dance I still love watching people swing dance I think that's one of the coolest things there is um the latin dances are very cool the couples dancing but contradance was a group dance which everyone could do and I thought what better way to bring people together and to put them out on the dance floor and tell them to forget about their anxiety about not being able to to move to music, not worrying about whether you have two left feet or no no rhythm, because none of that came into play. So the entrepreneurial part of my life with regards to dance was starting the contra dance and supporting that both financially and with my my time over the years, and still think it's a an a valuable asset to the community and hopefully soon before this year's over, we'll be able to dance again. So uh, I, th- I think that I, the entrepreneurial part of it, Elijah is probably very deep in my soul. So it has manifested itself with the, the contra dance and of course, everything that we're doing here at Serenity Knoll. I, awesome. I hope that we're able to do it again soon. I agree. It doesn't take a high level of skill. It's just a really fun thing for everyone to come together and participate in. Yeah, that's the good thing about it. Would you say that's what inspires you is your uh, love for the different things that you do at Serenity Knoll? Or is it something else that inspires you to do what you do? Well, I think one of the things that I realized a long time ago was that I was a people person. And I mean, that's helped me in my sales career. And it's also helped me in building community. And so, um, you know, the, the things that Serenity Knoll is really a, a platform or, or a, um, an oasis, as Dr. Pecky said, for people to come together and share, share their time. And so I am incredibly blessed and fortunate to be able to have the resources to put all this together and open it up to the community and have people come and participate in whatever programs we have or have a wedding here or a workshop or come to cooking classes or uh, learn about how we're growing food. So, um, you know, the Serenity Knoll is is a, a place, uh, it's a happy place. As, as you can recall, the, the view up here is pretty spectacular. So, you know, I'm willing to put my time and energy and money into a place where people can come and learn and grow. And that's how uh, Serenity Knoll came about. Yeah. 
Uh, the view up there is so good. I remember the sunset at mom's birthday party. Oh yeah, it was. It was like there was like this weird thing in the sky where it like was reflecting. It looked like there were two suns. It was. Mm-hmm. It was really weird. But that that party, I had to leave camp Dover Gorge for that. I was in the middle of a four week long camp program. And I just, that was the only night that I left camp for, for mom's party. And I don't regret it at all. <laughs> I left the middle of the wilderness. It was, yeah, it was, it was insane. But, um, I mean, you have that, you have, uh, the place where you're, you know, you have that, um, area where you can rent it out for whether it's dances or stuff. And, uh, have you done wedding receptions and stuff up there yet? We have, we've done three weddings and one wedding reception up here and, People call me all the time looking for uh, a wedding venue, and fortunately, ours is um, fairly negotiable. Um, we, we don't really have a set pricing structure, so I don't want anyone who doesn't have the resources or the funds to have a, a nice wedding to be turned away. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm inviting the world to to contact me if they're looking for a wedding and we can grow out their flowers, we can cook their food, and we can give them a place to have a beautiful ceremony with an incredible sunset. So we would love to have more weddings. Yeah, you have that, plus you have the cooking. And like you're talking about, you have um, you have garden, you have, uh, you're um, growing all these different things. So you really have it all up there. But is there any way that you're looking to maybe expand and do anything else in the near or distant future? Well, uh, for the last two years, Elijah, we have been we have been planning and talking about uh, doing some housing on the farm here, and so we have designed and gotten approved uh, by the planning commission uh, a project that would involve building five one-bedroom cabins here for people to stay over if they have a cooking class or an event. We, my dream, and I hope it will come to fruition, is to be able to offer people a cooking class, a beautiful sunset, an overnight stay, and a hearty breakfast here. And so the cabin uh, project has been slow to come together (laughs) because there's so much housing going on, building new houses around here that most everyone is uh, is busy if they're digging in the dirt or grading or doing anything like that. It's You have to get on a waiting list. So it took us quite a while to get our septic system installed, but we're, we've gotten that done. And so uh, hopefully by the end of 2021, our cabins will be built and dedicated and we'll be able to have cooking classes again and offer people an overnight stay. I've been blabbing about it for quite a while now, and most of the people who come here for cooking classes, even if they live in the Tri-Cities, would love to have a place to stay overnight. And so we feel really excited about being able to offer that, and and hopefully with with any luck that we'll have it done by the end of this year. That is really exciting. Um, So is that what you're most excited for in regards to future plans for Serenity Knoll? Yeah, I think uh Susanna that uh we've we've got a good business model going. I feel very comfortable and passionate about uh what we have to offer here. I can't imagine anything else, but if you have some ideas, I'm certainly open to it. But you know, right now <laughs> I feel like uh if we can get our cabins built, we will have everything we need to welcome people to Serenity Knoll. Uh, let them experience the, the joy and the splendor of of the facility and the view, and and uh, we can do private dinners now. We have a, a group of chefs who will come out here and do private dinners or business luncheons and things like that. We'd like to do more of that, but uh, I think right now we we have pretty much everything in place that we want. That's awesome. Uh... So a huge part of the segment uh, with me and Susanna being teenagers is advice for teenagers and stuff that they can come away from this, uh, hopefully being inspired by. Uh, so from that, uh, I want to know uh, that I think we can all agree that you have, you do have a spirit of entrepreneurship. So from your point of view, uh, what can teens learn 
in order to uh, become maybe entrepreneurs themselves? And what advice would you give the teens with the dream to start something? Well, I think that our world and our economy and our position in, in the global market wouldn't be where it is now if there were not people who had entrepreneurial tendencies or dreams or notions about opportunity to develop business. It really boils down to what teenagers are interested in now. Um, I think that there's so much opportunity. Um, I am more than happy to talk with, network with, share best practices. If anyone in the teenage world has dreams of business or taking over a business or starting a business, uh, business development is not rocket science. There's several pillars that have to be in place for any business to be successful, but it really boils down to how passionate someone is about their business and their dream. And uh, I could sit down with a group of your peers and just have a chat. In fact, if you ever want to do that, come out on a on a spring day and we'll sit around in rocking chairs and we'll talk about business. But We may take you, you up know. on that. <laughs> Well, I think that that would be fun. Uh, I'll I'll fire up the pizza oven and we'll we'll eat pizza and we'll talk. Um, that's, right. that's a little too tempting. I don't. <laughs> Speaking of which, I'm I'm requesting a class for cinnamon rolls. I want to learn how to make a really solid cinnamon roll. I want to learn how to make from the scratch best macaroni and cheese. <laughs> well. It, what what you're talking about is is something that I was going to mention to you. I would suggest that your peer group learn how to cook, okay? Whether it's through us yeah. or or anybody. Um I love to cook and I follow a lot of recipe generators that are on Instagram and uh YouTube and Facebook and TikTok, all the social media platforms have people who are passionate about food. In fact, this morning, I um, prepared a um, a little breakfast treat that uh, was shared on TikTok that involved um, oats and berries, and it was super delicious. Uh, it's easy to do. There's no reason why anyone should be intimidated at the thought of cooking. It's just taking a recipe gathering the ingredients and following the directions. It can't get any easier than that. <laughs> now, if you want to learn how to, to use a chef's knife or, you know, make sauces and things like that, that that's another story. That's a next level of, of cooking. But, you know, basic cooking, everyone should be able to do that. And to, to try to, I have to put in a plug for uh, seeking uh, out your, your raw materials from local sources, you know, patronize all of the small farms that are in the area because uh, it's hard work and there's dedication and uh, all of us that are growing food uh, need community support. So anyway, there's a little plug up for local, mm -hmm. local farms. I, <laughs> That's I, think, awesome. I think Elijah's health, his housewife skills are pretty lacking so hey, I, I'm, i'll I'm be sending him your way to I'm take some cooking guy. classes soon i think well, you jo burn josh wood. josh ought to just let elijah prepare uh dinner for a few nights in a row see what happens i think i think i'm loving that suzanne i'll, I'll right cook there, you guys so. some stuff <laughs> yeah it'll be the same thing just eggs but uh <laughs> i'm really good at those. so so how can we reach you um how can any listeners or anyone wanting to contact Serenity Knoll Farms go about that? Well, you can contact us uh, several ways um, through uh, Facebook, Serenity Knoll Farm, and the Serenity Knoll Cooking School. Both have a presence on on uh, Facebook and Instagram. And uh, you can email me at david at serenitynoll.com. Uh, my phone number is available out there. Uh, email me, call me, come by for a visit. Um, we would love to show show you around here and show you what we do, especially the aeroponic uh, system that we've made a commitment to. Uh, that is probably one of the most fascinating things I've seen and experienced in terms of growing growing food and flowers and herbs 
in my in my career. So uh, this is something that everyone could participate in. The home version of the tower garden is not that expensive, and you can put it anywhere in your house. One of my well, my first tower garden sale went to one of my company colleagues, and he and his daughter came over here to to visit and tour, and uh, they were just so enamored with the tower garden that they went ahead and ordered one, and he just sent me a, a photograph this morning where he's put it together and he's ready to start growing food, and that's so exciting. That yeah. is amazing, and that's so innovative, honestly. <laughs> Uh, again, everybody, uh, we have David Wiley with Serenity and Old Farms. Uh, we really appreciate you joining this call and uh, talking with us for uh, about 50 minutes now. Um, it's been really great talking to you. Uh, we all hope that we can come back out to Serenity Knowles. We've talked about it's such an amazing place. And uh, anybody listening, if you get the opportunity, uh, absolutely, if you can, should experience it for yourself. You know, there's a little bit for everybody. There's something for there. everyone out there. Yep. And you've been a joy well, to talk to, Mr. David. Well, thank you, Susanna and Elijah and Josh. You guys are great. I love what you do. And I love the fact that you've been here, which makes it all that more important and relevant. And we would love for you to come back again someday. I'm thank sure you so much. Thank you. See you guys.